Welcome Pathfinders to the Find the Path podcast, actual play of the Hell's Rebels Adventure Path. Now with gangs. <laughs> now, now with gangs. There were always yep. gangs. Gangs of Kentaro. We're a gang, although we say <laughs> we're not. We, we try not to use that term. Yep. I, I still don't think we're a gang, but anyway. I mean, I'm sure to the. Uh, well, I guess it, it really depends on how big your organization is. If you're a gang or if you're a rebellion. So. I think technically you guys are rebellion. I was gonna say yeah. I've, I've forgotten how many people we have now. Yeah, it depends on the perspective. Probably, I don't know if the uh, Thrones would think of us as more than a gang at this point. I'm sure, according to the Thrones, we're a gang because a gang, by definition, is an organized group of criminals. Which so mm. to them, we're criminals, even though we well, are doing we it are for criminals. the betterment of the city. However, they would definitely charge you as a rebellion because mm. treason. Rebellion is Murder. treason, and therefore punishable by a worse than being a gang. Yeah. Running around cut being a cut purse is <laughs> not really that big a deal compared to treason. They don't usually let you commit that twice. True. Yep. So uh, I suppose we should jump back into things, shall we? Indeed. Yeah. When last we had left our heroes, the Silver Ravens had returned back to their uh, their hideout after successfully rescuing a friend, uh, specifically friend of Nicolo. I suppose everyone's friend, really. The uh, like tiefling thief, Zaya. Zaya yep. had explained that she was uh, involved in more or less stealing from the Kentargan government uh, food supplies and such to uh, basically steal from the rich and feed the poor. Because they weren't using it. Apparently it was just like sitting in warehouses. Collected yeah. dust. Yeah. Yep. Rather than being dispersed to the people who actually needed it. Yep. Because they don't like the people who needed it, clearly. <laughs> Turns out uh, a government that worship is, worships hell is not exactly the most caring or kind. Yeah, they're not exactly charitable. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty great when you can set the laws on your own storehouses and just go, yeah, no, they're held up because reasons. So no <laughs> food, sorry. Because of quote unquote bureaucracy. Mm -hmm. Yep. Reasons. You then learned a bit pertaining towards a, uh, a local gang that's been causing some trouble in Cantargo in the form of the Red Jills. Mm -hmm. Yep. Some bad tieflings. Well, apparently their leader has uh, been Maybe. acting rather strangely recently. Yes. Yeah. It's a little weird. She goes by the name Scarplume, so that's mm -hmm. your first kind of, okay. <laughs> yeah, not an ideal. Uh... I, mean, I was going to say, that's not one of those nice people nicknames, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it could be one you... of those ironic names. <laughs> hmm. I like to think it goes back to that whole joking thing. It's like, yeah, Disney, if you name one of your kids, you know, Mufasa and the other Scar, guess which one's going to turn out evil? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. yeah, I was assuming Scar is just a nickname, but he also never gets called anything else. Wow. Mufasa's parents were the real villains. <laughs> yeah, where are they? So what we're learning is the real villains are bad parents. Mm -hmm. And bad naming. <laughs> just wait until you meet uh, Brazili Thrun's parents. Oh no! Anyway, <laughs> they're terrible. You had uh, you learned a little bit about this gang, and I believe it decided to uh, to investigate them to go out and uh, and gather a little bit more information. You had also yep. learned that they uh, were most active in the eastern portion of Temple Hill, uh huh, or the Temple Hill district, uh huh, uh, which is very close to where Nicolo's mother lives, uh huh, uh huh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> A little worried and about she's that. she's the caretaker for the Humbright house. Yes, the Humbright house is supposed to be haunted, too, and it's also in the area where the Jills are hanging out. So it might so much not be haunted as a Tifling gang has taken it over. Who knows? And then they, and then they all, like, go to the windows, and they just make... Ooh. 
sound. <laughs> so everybody knows it's haunted. Yeah, somehow this has become an episode of Scooby-Doo. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm here for it. That would have gotten away with it, too. Creeper. Darn re- rebels. <laughs> but it, it it's very concerning because uh, Nicola's mama lives literally, like, right by it. Like, right there. She's mm. right there. Well, we're going to go save her. I hope I she think doesn't need to be plan, saved, right? We're going to go but... say hi to her. Yeah. Hopefully she doesn't need to be saved. But should she need to be saved, we will save her. Yes. Yep. So uh, I suppose to jump back in, when last we had left our heroes, the Silver Ravens had set off uh, making their way back through the, the northern portion of the city, back through the Lubulus Harbor, across Bleak Bridge, uh, back through uh, Red Roof to make their way to Temple Hill. Let me keep a little sirenscape here. Sirenscape, go say hi to your mom. <laughs> you haven't Call called in days. Call your mother. But the five of you make your way out, cross back across the bridge, contemplate the copper piece that you're going to have to pay to get back across the bridge later. Make your way down into Red Roof following along the uh, the bridgeway before making your way to uh, all the way down to Salt Street and cutting over from there to the Southern Temple Road, passing a little bit north of the uh, the Devil's Nursery. I'm sure uh, Cesare making like a mental note. It's like, if we have time walking back, you basically have to pass the Devil's Threads to make your way back yep. in that direction. You're like, you should stop in and get another outfit. <laughs> see my sort of boyfriend I don't know if we put labels on it yet I was going to say I feel yeah. like you guys haven't put labels on that but the fans want to know <laughs> not, not quite yet but yeah Raven sitting there like discussing about how she needs new booties <laughs> Aww. Aww. isn't it raining because I remember her being in like a yellow like yes. <laughs> yellow little poncho, <laughs> poncho. yes yeah she she looks like the fisherman on the cover for all those uh, fish stick boxes Aww. that you can buy it has like the <laughs> whole Yellow outfit with a, a big floppy hat. That is yeah. a far reach, but good. Um, <laughs> the let's just get her a red balloon, cat. and she can be Georgie. Anyway, yeah, true. I was going Georgie. <laughs> <laughs> we made the it joke last episode. I think. Yeah, beware the storm drains. <laughs> um, no, it is a soft drizzle as you make your way through the city streets. People more or less falling into the usual two categories of uh, people when it starts raining. The people that just go, eh, it's raining, and walk their normal speed, or the people that's like, oh god, it's raining, and are just running through the city streets, despite the fact that that probably gets you wetter. It's been a while since I've seen the Mythbusters on that, but I think that's true. You... <laughs> I don't remember. Eventually circle around and begin making your way up the, uh, the Southern Temple Road. I'm sure all of you a little bit, more than a little conscious of the massive Temple of Asmodeus dominating the skyline off towards your left-hand side as you begin to climb up the street, seeing a number of the priests of Asmodeus as they're coming and coming from or going back towards the main temple, as again, it is the primary faith of the entirety of this city. Eventually, you follow this up until you reach the easternmost of the graveyards that surround the outside of Temple Hill. This is one part graveyard and one part park. From what you understand, originally, these areas, this area around Temple Hill, were all designated to be parks, as Kentargo has a long history of large, beautiful parks. However, during the course of the Chell Civil War, the land needed to be reclaimed for other purposes. Like and as such, over book. time, yeah, it's steadily expanded, expanded, especially since the old Kentargo Cemetery has mostly filled up. Hmm. Reminds me a lot of Graceland Cemetery in Chicago. It's very pretty if you've never been there. I have not. I recommend it if you ever get a chance to go. There you are. Across the way from this this park slash graveyard is a large structure. The building itself, you'd say, is maybe 40 feet or so across, probably about over 60 feet deep. 
it looks to be a three-story structure with a gamble roof set atop it, and then a second, almost a wing attached to the side of it that is somewhat akin to a, a square tower that raises up five stories and is capped then on top with a bell tower. Although from here, you can tell that there is no actual bell in the belfry, as you can glance up and see the distance all the way up to the top. Next to this is a second building, almost the same size as the first. A large structure, again, the this seems to have been a ladder add-on and doesn't seem to be done in the same architectural style. The first structure that you see, which is the Humbright House proper, is done in the old cellist style. So it probably dates back the better part of maybe 200 years. Two statues flank the front of this, one of what appears to be a strong-looking woman in plate mail with short-cut hair, which any of those of you who are trained in religion, which I think is most of you, I am can... not. Ah. I am not. I nope. mean, Cesare is, I'm pretty sure. So, so Cesare and Nicola. Yeah, mm -hmm. we're not all super religious in this one. Cesare and Nicola, you can both identify the statue on the left as being that of Iomide. The statue on the right is what appears to be a half-elven woman with wings tucked back behind her, an angelic figure carrying a mace instead of a sword, of which you can recognize as a statue of the goddess Milani. And then in an archway set above the double doors that enter into the structure is a statue of the god Aroden. Imperious-looking sword planted in front of him, goatee perfectly trimmed into a point, <laughs> as the god of humanity, the dead god of humanity, now stares over. The second building looks to have been a more recent add-on and is done in the new Chelish style. So it was more likely than not constructed sometime in the last 150 years. Both of these buildings seem to have gone a long time without occupation or maintenance, other than basic cleaning. The statues are surprisingly kept clean, but the buildings have this look of being derelict. In the shadow, comedically overshadowed by these two buildings, set back away from the road, is a small cottage, dissimilar to everything else that you have seen here up until this point, as it does not remotely look like it belongs to anything here. In front of the cottage is a large garden, with narrow pathways winding their way between a number of planters' boxes that have been erected there and are growing a variety of vegetables. A blazingly bright white picket fence surrounds the property. Nicolo heads straight for the cottage. I guess we all follow. Yep. Hey, uh, looks looks good around here. Don't see any um, mischief. Let's hope looks aren't deceiving in this case. Nicola, you make your way forward. The gate is latched from the inside, although considering that the gate is about two feet tall, uh, you can easily lean over, unlatch the gate, open this, and then step through, leading your friends inside. The pathways here for all of you are unnecessarily narrow. Although, again, most of you are pretty graceful. So despite the fact that the walkways between these are about 18 inches wide or so, you just kind of turn and shuffle your way along through. Mm. You can tell that someone spends a great deal of time tending to these. The single story structure, which is the cottage here, is beautiful and tiny. The front door is about four feet high, uh, meaning that the ceiling or the, the roof, the slate roof that comes down, starts at about a height of six feet. So... For, I think, Cesare and Nicolo, yep. you're actually, like, eye level with the the roof where it comes down. The cottage peaks at a height of nine feet. A chimney off to the side sends up billows of smoke. And you can see beautiful bright blue and red flowers in planter's box outside of the two almost picturesque windows on either side of the front door. Nice. 
there's a cherub-shaped knocker on the front door as well. And one of those like little signs next to it that's just like, you know, there's no place at home or something like that. Or like when you're here, your family or whatever. Home is where the heart is. <laughs> oh, she has live, laugh, love pillows No, inside. no, I was no, trying to no, avoid no. live, laugh, love. <laughs> Nicolo reaches up to the knocker. Right. Yeah. She's probably home. And then goes on ahead and raps three times. You knock. I suppose, you know, glancing back. The, uh, the curious side of just this uh, beautiful picturesque little cottage as you look back over your shoulder and watch a parade of hell knights and Asmodean priests <laughs> making their way down the hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. Nothing suspicious with a bunch of, you know, medium creatures going to a obviously small-sized house. Hey, just because they're evil doesn't mean they might not like a nice garden. Doesn't mean they don't care. <laughs> like, they don't care what we're doing. <laughs> they may be evil, but they recognize a well-tended garden. Yes. Yeah. And a nice fence. The door opens, and all of you are greeted with the sight of Again, I'll use the term comedically small halfling woman. You would guess that at one point or another, she was probably close to about two foot ten, maybe. So not that too small for a halfling woman, although age has shrunk her. Ah. She stares up at all of you wearing a uh, pristine dress with a, uh, a white apron with flowers still kind of stuck to the front of it. Her hair pulled back in underneath a bandana as she looks up towards all of you, squints her eyes for a second and smiles up towards Nicolo. I didn't expect you today. Mama, you're all right. She looks over herself, looks back towards the house as if, yes? Good. Oh, you're soaked, dear. You're, you you, and your friends, come on in. It's raining yeah. out here. You yes, shouldn't be me. out in the rain. <laughs> oh, we're already getting scolded, guys. She gestures all of you this. in. It's basically like she holds open the door as you step through. It's just watch your head, watch your head, watch your head, watch your head, watch your head. Okay. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure we're a fairly tall group, too. Yeah. Uh, she is not, but uh, yeah, everything everybody else is. It's fine. Stepping inside. Should we take our shoes off? Oh, uh, I've got a little uh, a little bench here. You can take off your shoes if you like. And uh, I've got well, I've got that uh, the mud scrapers just on the other underside of the bench there. So oh, perfect, to... perfect. Yeah, we don't want to be tracking oh. mud through your nice house. Oh, let me let me get you towels. She shuffle, shuffles away off into the house as I suppose you step inside. Uh, the inside here is pristinely clean, as in a lot of care is taken for this. Uh, all of the shelves in one of these ways that you kind of look around and then suddenly feel a little bit nervous. All the shelves are covered in those, like, basically, like, the precious memories, little, like, statues. Oh, man. Oh, no. like, oh, God. Oh, it's <laughs> like little teddy bears that you would get mm-hmm. at Cracker Barrel. Yeah, or, oh. you know, like, Jesus teaching a kid karate or something like that. Adria is weirdly <laughs> If you haven't ever seen that precious memories, it's amazing. <laughs> not. It's amazing. I, I, yeah, I've not heard of that one. Adria is weirdly comfortable because her entire shop feels like this all the time. I was going to say, I imagine Lucia like looks around and is like, at least it's not glass. Uh, the, again, the ceiling in here for the most part is actually pretty low. Although you can tell that at some point she had the, the ceiling kind of in the center of the room where the peaks of the roof are expanded up in little steeples that mm-hmm. almost perfectly fit Nicolo's shoulder and head <laughs> as he walks in. <laughs> oh, that's adorable. You can all find your way back over towards the table as I suppose Nicolo makes his way over. Uh, there is only one chair at the uh, the dinner table here and a number of pillows set about for uh, for her medium-sized friends as I suppose Nicolo makes his way in, makes himself comfortable, finds his most comfortable pillow. Mm-hmm. Nice. Go on ahead. Pull up a, pull up a pillow. Um, she'll be back momentarily. So you grew up here? Yeah. I was, uh, I was raised here. Mama found me... Um, 
at the doorstep of the fancy temple over there. Hmm. Nice. Not exactly the best temple to be left at. Well, I mean, there could be worse ones. I think he's not talking about the Asmodean temple. No, I, I oh. meant the uh, Temple of Aradin, Humbright House. Oh, oh yeah, that one's fine. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I liked it. The, the, the tiefling is put on the, the steps of uh, the Temple of Asmodeus, and you just see like a halfling woman sprinting, like, not this one, not <laughs> no, this one. No, no. That's <laughs> what I was imagining. Like, she sees this tiefling like left on the Asmodean porch, and she's just like, oh no. <laughs> I thought you were more making a comment about the fact that someone is like, I'm going to drop this child off at this orphanage that's been closed for 30 years, and there's no one here. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's also that. away into the night. Nicola's mother returns back. No, it's obviously her uh, her hearing not impaired. As uh, Actually, I don't know if that applies in second edition. In first edition, your hearing actually goes up as you get older. It's true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah your because your wisdom score, score improves oh, as you yeah. get older, yeah, so actually you become increases. more perceptive. <laughs> she makes her way out. Bundle of towels in one hand, which she hands out to everyone, a pie in the other as she sets that down on the oh, table. Yes. I'm imagining each of these towels are like a little bigger than hand towels. Yeah, they're pretty small. <laughs> Oh, this. yes, they, someone just left the poor little guy on the front step, and then uh, I took him back. It was kind of difficult. I mean, he was half of my weight when he was born, basically, and then as he grew, he just grew. She smiles, like pinching Nicolo's shoulder as she hands out the towels. I'm surprised I didn't eat you out of house and home. Mm. Well, fortunately, I grow quite a bit. I've, uh, I've been, been blessed here. Arden provides. She kind of pauses as if, you know, Provided provides. <laughs> I hope you like rhubarb. She then begins slicing up the pie. <laughs> uh, do we? Uh, do we? Heck yeah! I was gonna say Lucia's diving into that. Adrian's well, like, you. you'd grow this in your garden. Let me let me ask you about your soil. Let me ask you about Start how your garden gardening works. Tips. Yep. <laughs> oh, this crust is great. Yep. The secret is just outside of the southern gate to the city. There's a small uh, fishery there. And they have amazing earthworms. They sell them for bait, but you just add them to your little garden. I never thought of that. I'm going to have to do that. That is a great tip. Actually, only aware of that tip from Jessica. I was going to say, <laughs> Jessica <laughs> Jess has done that. Yeah, Jessica's actually done that. We, there bought, are worm we bought earthworms. Yeah. yeah. There's a little worm ranch outside of the southern gate of the city. So. I'm here yeah. for it. That's my, that's my next. Uh, Ranger or Druid is going to be a worm rancher that decides to branch out. <laughs> like really into decay, you know? Yeah. Excellent. One day, one day, 15 crow swarms attacked his worm ranch. No, Goes on vengeance spree. Stupid early birds. Yeah. Once she slices up the uh, the pies, hands this out to everyone, she you know, shuffles around past all of you, sits down. Uh, so are you going to introduce me to your friends, Nicola? Yes, yes, of course, Mama. Sorry. Where are my manners these days? He sort of gives a look to all of you like, please don't anybody mention this to Zaya, please. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is, uh, we have Lucia, Adria, uh, Vittoria, and Cesare, and Raven. It's, it's very nice to meet all of you. I actually I don't think Nicolo's ever brought any friends over. Um... No, I believe this is the first time. (laughs) Very nice to meet all of you. Pleasure. But uh, I uh, was... What should we call you? Uh, Nicolo just calls me Mama, which is fine. We all just got adopted. (laughs) 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 What brings you out in this weather? Well, we were paying you a visit because uh, we heard about a gang called the Red Jills. 
and that they were causing some problems in the temple district. So I was just, uh, I was a bit worried about you. I wanted to get my friends here because they've helped me out in some situations. They're good people, just in case. That's very sweet. He is such a sweet boy. Yes, you raised him real good. <laughs> Lucia just like gives a thumbs up with like a mouthful of pie. <laughs> <laughs> Nicola goes redder. I am. Um, I'm not really familiar with any any gangs or anything. While my um, what's the nice way to put this? While my neighbors and I don't exactly philosophically agree, they're very good at scaring away the ne'er do wells. Mm-hmm. Well, we heard that they might have been. Uh, I don't know causing trouble by Humbright House or robbing people in the, like, mugging folks on their way home. On this side of the district. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't imagine that they'd stay or or do anything at Humbright House. It's known to be haunted. It's a very sad and tragic story. Is it actually haunted? Well, that's an interesting question. Uh, Vittoria, was it? Yes. It has reason to be. It was very tragic night. I don't know if I've ever told Niccolo about this. I don't know if you did, no. It's not exactly a pleasant story. Mm. The night Aroden died, many priests were upset or driven to desperate measures. Many people across the world, to my knowledge. I had terrible nightmares, terrible nightmares for weeks afterwards. Some from that and some from some of the priests and caretakers at the Humbright House. They were struck by what happened. They believed that something had gone terribly wrong. They tried rituals to contact Aroden, and when that failed, well, one of them went mad. He killed the three other priests and then threw himself from the, the circular window over the doorframe. He died on the front steps. After that, the, the church, obviously, of Asmodeus moved in to the big temple at the top of the hill. These were just the the lay priests that took care of the orphanage, you say. There was very little resistance from the priests of Aroden. Well, as things went on, they tried to maintain the faith, but as time passed, when when your prayers go unanswered, it's difficult to maintain dedication. Then the stories started circling of, of strange sounds. The orphanage was, we kept it open for another seven or eight years, but there were always things that people talked about, strangeness in the house. And fortunately, it was a couple of years back, I think it was a year or two before Niccolo was uh, was brought into my life, there was a traveling priest of Phrasma came through, I heard about the haunting, and he went in and he performed a, an exorcism of sorts on the, uh, the site. He said that it wasn't a... Uh, a ghost or, or an undead creature, which is why it's never bothered me. He said it was just a... How did he phrase it? Fragments of spirits bound together by negative thought. Uh, a haunting, as he liked to phrase it. But it's been mostly quiet. The last few weeks has gotten worse. There's always odd things. Knocking. Like what? Knocking, mostly. Sometimes lights. We'll see lights in the windows. Not like lanterns, but like a ghost light moving inside. And every once in a while, I would hear sounds like crying, yells. Hmm. Only at night, though. So that's why you always told me never to play outside after dark. Mm, 
Better safe than sorry. I'm sure that that priest knew exactly what he was doing, but I wasn't going to take any risks with you. She reaches over, you know, pats Niccolo's hand. <laughs> so cute. Well, it's, it's very nice of you to bring your friends out and check on me, but I, I think everything is all right here. Do you know if there's any secret ways in and out of the house that someone could be using that you might not see from the street? From the Undercity, perhaps? Not that I've ever been made aware of. Well, you know, it's curious. A few weeks back, I was talking to Zerl. Zerl's, uh, he's a curious sort. He's a, a priest of the, the Prince of Lies. But he's, he's actually a very sweet boy. Um, from what I understand, he's, uh, uh, he's, I guess, devout enough to the, uh, the general idea, but he's, uh, he's a little squeamish when it comes to the, uh, I guess, the ritual side of their faith. I mostly don't like to think about it. Mm. But Zrael was telling me that um, he thought, that's the strangest thing, he said he thought he saw an angel. Really? Hmm. He said that he thought he saw an angel fly out from, from the tower over Humbright House. Huh. Apparently he was terrified, uh, as well. from what I understand, angels don't exactly approve of his faith. He said he threw himself <laughs> down in the mud and then climbed underneath a bench in the park. Sure, sure. Real like class A cleric move right there. Uh, but but he then said it might have just been a very large bird. Mm, well, I guess there are people-sized birds. I guess, can we roll on angels to know, like, anything about them? Yeah, I mean, anyone that wishes to may make a religion. I would like to secretly know something about angels. Yep. Doesn't exactly sound like a good eyewitness. A priest of Asmodeus threw himself into the mud to avoid an angel. Chesare rolls his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I mean, most angels live in Nirvana. Um, they're messengers or warriors. They tend to be divided um, into choirs based on their abilities. I mean, without more information, it's hard to know what kind of angel he might have seen. There's all different sorts. I think we could certainly use the help of an angel. Wait, does that imply that all angels can sing? Because they're in a choir? Yes, Lucia. Yes, it does. <laughs> huh. Oh, she's very sweet. <laughs> she is. <laughs> Bless her heart. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> That's a summer oh, shot fire fired man for all of those who are not from the south that basically translates to all you bless your heart it is oh you poor unfortunate soul you so dumb so dumb i mean that's what i know about them again i've i've never seen an angel or anything but that's just what he told me so uh, I suppose if there's an angel, it could just be living in the bell tower. That would Possibly. be an odd place for an angel to be staying. We don't it's have old. that kind of luck typically, but... Uh, I mean, also, uh, angel's the hideout type? I guess you know, it depends the, on the, the angel. All the stories kind of form a more as a straightforward, do my job and get out. Well, maybe we go check out the Humbright house. Yeah, I was, I was about to say, suppose um, if it is all right with you... Uh, we would like to investigate the premises. Investigate the premises? Are are you with the guard? N not, no. Ah. Nicola smiles to himself. You talk like but... a guardswoman. Um, She's a private investigator. An investigator? Sort of. Definitely. It's very interesting. Yeah, she's very good at it. She doesn't want to say that she is, but she is. 
I'm a bit of an amateur investigator myself. <laughs> and by that I mean I read mystery novels, but I can usually guess the end before I get there. <laughs> She's also very good at that. She's a true crime uh, podcast fan. Oh, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she and Vittoria are going to start the first uh, Galarian true crime podcast now. <laughs> we'll start with the typical slasher. You'll have to find the magic for Step podcasting. One, make audio cast equipment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Get a wax cylinder. It's fine. Yeah. Well, I, I, yeah, I can let you inside if you so wish. So, uh, all right. Well, follow me. She stands up. Makes her way over. Takes off her house slippers. Puts on her rain galoshes. Puts on her raincoat. Puts on her rain hat. Picks up her umbrella. Picks up the key, which is just sitting next to the front door. <laughs> I guess yeah. I'll put my shoes back on. Yeah. yeah we mm-hmm. we redon our attire. Yeah, quickly uh, scarf down your pie and then follow her out into the rain. Oh, she was way ahead of everybody on that. Yep. Uh, she does offer all the rest of you umbrellas, and she notes that none of you are carrying, carrying umbrellas. They're all halfling-sized, but... It's an option. Oh, I'm not afraid of any any uh, any water, so it's fine. Okay. I figure Victoria just like flips her hood up. Well, yeah. When all of you get back home, make sure you take your socks off and you hang them up in front of the fire. Mm. That's good advice. Clubfoot is very bad for you. It's true, and I don't have magic like I used to, so mm. that'll be on you. <laughs> <laughs> she leads you out so into the cute. rain. It's supposed to be close. Shuts the door back behind him. Mm-hmm. She shuffles along with her 10-foot movement speed until she can make her way around to the uh, the front of the Humbright house. This is the old building. This was built nearly 400 years ago. Hmm. Unfortunately, as time passed by, um, the need for a larger orphanage grew, and so they built the secondary building on. I'll let you in here, and I can let you in over there if you need to also. Well, thank you, Mama. Well, of course, of course. And then uh, there's a there's an upper landing over on the uh, the new building. There's a ladder in the back alleyway that you can use to access it, too, if you need to. Good to know. She unlocks the door. Niccolo, I'm going to entrust you with the key. You bring this back to me whenever you're done here. It will be done, Mama. I haven't ever lost this key, and it's been 75 years. So <laughs> let's not start now. <laughs> I don't even think there is a spare. Mm. Very well. I will make sure to uh, guard it on my person. And um, I apologize for any of the dust or anything like that in there. I try my best to keep it up, but, well, you know, they don't actually pay me anymore. It <laughs> mm. was always a matter of faith for you, I think, Mama. Mm, it's nice. So, all right, well. Be careful in there. All right, we will. Now I will go play with my friends. <laughs> but I suppose you uh, you make your way inside. The Humbright house has been abandoned for, again, since the end of the Chelish Civil War, since actually before that. Uh, Adrian, your time, like when you were an orphan, uh, you definitely didn't grow up here because the Humbright house wasn't even open then. Mm, yeah. Making your way inside, there's a curiousness to this place where the building is built in a way that seems very matter-of-fact. It's cold, hard stone floors, cold stone walls, a lot of religious iconography, mostly around that of Aroden. Directly across from the doors when you enter in is a large mural of Aroden's guises, in which he appeared to the mortals of Galarian as a variety of different forms. 
from soldier to beggar to fisherman, etc. I think there were 12, if I remember I believe there were the 12 guises of Aridin. Mm. Making your way through, you can tell that, again, this place has been kept up. It's not pristine. In large part, there's a little bit of a comedic thing where you can note that it's very clean from about three feet and down. <laughs> but the cobwebs are a little hard to get to. She's one of those little, like, extendo things. <laughs> we need a side quest to clean the place. Yeah, I was like, we should just come clean this place for her. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But other than one scare while you're making your way through when, like, Lucia opens one of the closet doors and a cat jumps out at her and then goes running off through the house... Uh, where it's just like, why is this door jar? And apparently there's a cat living in there. No, you search all three floors and there's no evidence of habitation or... Angels. Angels or anything like that. A single door leads into the bell tower, which has a set of steps which ascend winding upwards. Unlike the rest of the structure, again, this was added on at a later time, you believe? The bell tower is completely stone like the rest of the structure. However, the staircase leading up is actually wooden. It creaks and groans somewhat ominously, as I assume that you'd make your way up the stairs. Yeah. Although when you reach the top, you find that the trap door is both bolted and locked. Weird. Does the I'll key work on it? Yeah. I was going to say, I'll try not. the key on it. Cesare, would you mind um, taking a look at the lock there? Cesare and Raven would make their way, I guess, past to the top of the ladder. Okay. Say so I can try to force it open, but that's going to be a lot louder, so... And then Raven automatically aids. Okay. You settle in, you pull out your picks, you begin picking. Oh, I rolled a 19, which gets me a 25, and then Raven automatically aids, so 26. Jeez. Nice. Very good. Woo! That is a critical success. Woohoo! <laughs> uh, it only takes you about six seconds or so before you're just like, do, 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 pop. He's done that before. <laughs> Cesare Woods smirk and then step back for Nicolo to go through the door first because he even though he's like I'll punch you in the face wizard he's still not opening that door first he's not tank wizard <laughs> I was gonna say he's not action wizard yes alright then my thanks Cesare and then uh, Nicolo will unbolt the door and open it assuming that I can from this side you unbolt it push your shoulder into it and feel serious resistance not like it's stuck. But there's something on it? Something very heavy has been placed on the opposite side. There's something on top of this. Huh. Is it, uh, is it wide enough where one of us can help him, like, try to just push through it? Uh, no, unfortunately, the stairs lead all the way up to it. So it's almost like uh, the staircase leading up to a trapdoor in, like, a cellar. Okay. I mean, I'm guessing I need to roll athletics to try to force it open. You can make an athletics check to attempt to force it. I hope there ain't a, an angel sleeping up there. Yes, well, I'm about to wake them up if there is. <laughs> Let's see here. I believe force open is open, actually. So, Here <laughs> we go. All right, we're rolling well today. Uh, I got an 18 for a total of a 27. Good gravy, we're on fire. Yeah, Everybody seriously. knock on wood immediately. <laughs> You're the one who said it, you knock. <laughs> I did. With a 27... I didn't actually think you were going to make that check. <laughs> <laughs> now it gets interesting. Oh, no. Oh, no. There's going to be something awful on this side here. I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. <laughs> but, Nicolo, you step forward. Kind of, you know, try to push this open. You know, let everyone know that, yeah, there's something blocking this. 
And then Nicola just kind of steps, you know, almost crawls under the door, like halfway since the stairs lead up to it, plants his feet and hands and just shoves. His back slams into the trap door and there's this one cracking sound of the wood as there's this impact. The door flies open, seemingly timed perfectly with this cacophonous thunder clap of lightning and thunder as the door flies open. Three heavy sacks go flying off of this as the door slams open fully and Nicolo, you are able to step fully out into the light atop the bell tower. Four supports arch up overhead, meeting into a single point where there's a support beam for a bell, although the bell in question obviously has not been there in some time. Mm. Pigeons and ravens go scattering as you slam this open, flying off um. and leaving this rain of feathers down around you. Mm. Off towards your right, you can see the slope of this gamble roof, which seems to be the top of the building here. And then beyond that, another building far off towards your right-hand side. You only have a couple of moments to take this in. The rest of your compatriots kind of crowding around the uh, the staircase beside behind you. As a figure turns. Uh-oh. Oh. Uh-oh. Quasimodo. <laughs> a woman perched on the edge of the backside of the bell tower turns back towards you, covered in red clothing that falls around her. A pair of large black feathered wings spread out from her <gasps> back I know this as her eyes is. blaze, a red mane of hair falling down and seeming to half obscure her angered face. Her right arm is completely encased in what appears to be a bronze, almost claw-like gauntlet. Oh. She turns, bears her teeth in a hiss. I see I have guests. You've chosen the wrong place to break into, tiefling. She raises a hand as her palm bursts into flames and swirls of magic begin to surround it. And I will need initiative from the party. Uh -oh. Let me go ahead and uh, uh -oh. move you guys into place because you're actually coming from the other entrance here. Uh, um... We're, wait, 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 were we supposed to, like, grapple and, like, go up the well, side? Well, we had that other, like, um, balcony or something we could have gone oh, over. Oh, right, yeah. There was a ladder up to it. No, but yeah. then Cesare and Nicolo were like, nah. <laughs> it's know? raining outside. I don't want to go. I'm going to need everybody drawing fan art of Nicolo to just add some extra muscles now. <laughs> he's got a, definitely so a 36-pack down there. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> what does that he's even mean? a bunch of back muscles. You, I don't know. You do, that, you do that thing where it's a six-pack, and then if you zoom in, each six-pack has a nice. six-pack. And oh, you no. know Raven had hearts in her eyes the entire time that was going on. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. I know exactly what kind of creature this is. There's Me somebody too. living here. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited, but also terrified because they got magic. I figure Victoria's like, there really is an angel. No, <laughs> maybe not. I don't know. They're very angry, whoever they are. <laughs> and then uh, let's go ahead and get everyone's initiatives. Adria. An 11 for a 19. Okay. Lucia. Lucia rolls a 12 for an 18. All right. Cesare. Cesare rolls a 19 for a 24. Vittoria? Uh, Vittoria rolled an 11 for an 18. And Nicola? Nicola rolled a 13 for a 19. All right. So combat begins. 
Cesare Nightbloom, yeah, first initiative. Can I get up on this roof? Uh, so real quick, what is the the marching order for the party? Uh, I believe it is Nicolo, Lucia, is it Adria, Cesare, Vittoria? Yeah, Cesare was towards the front because he uh, just unlocked that. Yeah, I don't he, know if I would have shot him all, all the way yeah. back down. Yeah. Yeah. So probably Nicolo, Cesare, Lucia. Yeah, you'll have to move to get up past Nicolo. That's fine. So basically you rush up the stairs, step past Nicolo as Nicolo's like, oh, we're not alone. And then you hear like the beginning chanting of magic and you're like, oh, okay. crap. Can I make a recall knowledge check on what she may be? You may make a society check. Cesare rushes up the stairs, takes a look at this, goes, oh. She's a Strix. Um, since I moved into recall knowledge, I don't have enough slots to cast a spell with. So I'm just going to make another move and get behind the entrance to this trapdoor so I'm not blocking <laughs> the way for everybody else. Smart. Fair enough. Behind so. the entrance to this trapdoor. Also behind Nicolo. Yep. yep. <laughs> <laughs> seems like a right. seems like a good move. Adria Sila. Ah, uh, yep. Adria's gonna have to climb this ladder. Well, it's not a ladder; it's the stairs going up. You're just further oh, okay. back the stairs because each of you were occupying a five foot square going up to it. So, mm. assuming that you were back, uh, it's probably gonna be twenty feet for you to get out past Nicolo. So you rush up the stairs, pass up past Lucia. I'm actually gonna kind of move to the side in case somebody wants to run forward or whatever. Um, okay. Okay, uh... Reaching the top of the stairs, running back past Nicolo, you just kind of hop out of the way, glance over towards this woman before your eyes dart to the side, and you see another figure Oh. that was out on the gamble roof off towards your far right-hand side. This tiefling turns back to face all of you and begins to rush her way forward. Okay, she, uh, she ain't alone. Adria will go ahead and uh, pull her... Oh, it's going to be melee, isn't it? Uh, we'll go ahead and pull her dagger and uh, raise her new buckler. All right. Her last two actions. Very well. And then I must hit my intern button. Nicolo Ita. All right. Uh, Nicolo is going to. I don't think if I don't know if we really discussed whether or not we were actually going to try to capture these people or kill them. Um, we may not have a choice. Well, we can at least put them unconscious. Well, yeah, I mean, we're, I'm definitely going to hurt them one way or another. Um, <laughs> let's see here. Do what your heart says, Ross. <laughs> what would Nicolo do? Nicolo reaches for his sap and then strides forward for his second action. Uh, over to the side with his third action. I mean, I might as well attempt to grapple our new friend here. I'd okay. Stop the spell casting, you know. Stop it, Well, you. I don't know. if it, You can still spell cast while you're grappled, but. Ah, uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, I rolled an 11 for a 20. I don't know if that beats her uh, fortitude uh, DC. Uh, it does. So you rush your way forward, grab onto her outstretched <laughs> arm, and just kind of twist it as the flames flicker around her palm. Are you with the uh -huh. red Jills? I am the red Jill. Look, we ain't trying to kill anybody up here. That is my turn. It's like, technically, you're trespassing. Well, Victoria can say that when she emerges from the stairs. I guess I, I don't actually know. Like, I assume so because I don't think they own this building, but I don't well, really know who owns this building at this point. Nico's mom is the I only think, one with the key. <laughs> All right. So from Nicola, we go to Lucia Serini. All righty. So first thing, I'm going to get up on uh, here with everybody. Uh, let's see. That's 10, 15, 20, 25. Um, do, 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 do. All right. So... Uh, Lucia will then uh, pull out her whip 
And I'm gonna whip her. <laughs> Alrighty. Alright, so I roll a 10 for a 21 to strike her. Sounds pretty good. A 21 will strike your grabbed target. Yay! I damage her for four points of non-lethal damage. A solid hit as you lash out your whip across the distance and strike her. The whip flashing by Nicolo's face as, a, as he's struggling with this woman. <laughs> if you have the red jills, then uh, I guess we're here to stop you. She sneers just like a human coming into a place you don't belong and claiming it for yourself. I was literally born here. Well, maybe not literally. Hey, your mom has the keys <laughs> to the place. I feel like it's yours. Technically, it's not on the doorstep. I don't actually know if I was born here or not. Um, Vidoria is going to move up uh, to the level of everybody else. And then in Strix, which I learned how to speak. No. Yeah. Oh, that's right. You've been studying. Uh, yeah, I've been studying. I do believe you're trespassing as we had the key and you didn't. Your people have no business here. I'm not from okay. here. <laughs> well, uh, your friend over here is t a tiefling, so uh, I guess you work with some humans. I will pull out my sap. Okay. Uh, and is she, did you say that there was somebody else up here on the it's, roof? I can see them off of, to my side. They're on the roof, though. Oh, Line okay. They're in the, the shadowy area. Okay. Well, that's the um, thing is that to give a more specific detailed explanation, Adria would have had to use You'd have to point out. Mm-hmm. Vittoria will uh, move up next to Lucia. Okay. Nice. All right, so yeah, you rush up to the top of the stairs, pull your sap, move over next to Lucia. I just want to say I love that we accidentally ambushed the leader of the Red Jills. <laughs> Seriously. A Typhling woman a comes rushing up from your right-hand side. Uh-oh. Charging towards the group. Yep, she just double moves up towards the group, uh, running the clopping sound of her hooves across the, uh, the, across the shingles as she rushes up towards all of you, running out seemingly from the far side of the... Uh, the building, maybe from the uppermost floor of the secondary building, uh, through a window that I believe Adria can see from here with a rope yeah. bridge attached from the roof of one building over to the uh, the window of the other. From there, we go to Scarplume. I think Ross might have done a really good move because she, she may not be able to fly while she's grabbed, right? Well, she's she immobilized, so yeah, yeah, she has to escape or she can't move. Excellent. Although she can still, you know, zap me in the face if she so chooses. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, there's there's definitely <laughs> still options for her, but it doesn't have that thing where she just goes flying out and just starts hitting us with range spells, you know? Yeah. So she'll go ahead and use her first action to attempt to escape. Alrighty. It is a DC 19. All right. Let's see what she can manage. Oh, she's pretty athletic. Ah, great. Uh-oh. Ouch. No, no. With a 23, she... Yep, she brings her other hand up and around, grabs onto your wrist, and twists it back as you mm. feel yourself stumble, at which point she turns, spreads her wings, and launches herself into space. Uh, so I, now that you are a fighter, you may use I your will, reaction. I will attack of opportunity, because I, Lucia, have finished uh, retraining. I am officially a fighter, and it's time to fight. Woo! <laughs> Just a time that's to fight. Oh, yeah. I would like to point out that it's mid-afternoon. We're down the hill from the Temple of Asmodeus, and a Strix just took flight. Right? Yep. She may not be the wisest person, but then, you know, we're actively after her. Uh, 17? A 17 will still strike her. Hey! Woo. Cool. Ah, uh, spellcasters. Ah, yeah. five points of damage maximum for the whip. A solid hit as you slam your whip into her. 
She then flies out 30 feet. Uh-oh. She's going to get magic is, to death from that range. Yeah, I was going to say, we're going to have to start shooting her. Cesare, I think this one is going to be up to you. Adria. I'm not going to be able to put her down without killing her. Well, she's going to try to put us down by killing us, so... That's the problem is that, yeah, our spellcasters can't very easily switch to non-lethal. So, unfortunately, I don't know what other choice we have. As she extends a hand, this trails down across her arm as her wounds begin to heal back over. Wait, she, okay, so she's got, like, fire healing? That seems very Asmodean to me. Well, it's she could be Although a fire oracle. Well, we don't know. It's more of an aesthetic. I was going to say, I was going to say, it really can't be, though, because she's not lawful. Okay, I don't know what her deal is. But as she casts a healing spell, there's a pulse of light and healing flame that covers her as uh, she recovers from a fair amount of the damage dealt to her. Oh, nuts. As a second Typhling comes running out from the building on the far side of the, uh, oh, basically on the opposite side of the other building as she comes running forward. She'll move twice, although she'll actually take the time to go ahead and draw her dagger. Oh, the other one didn't draw a weapon? No, she's just going to kick you in the face with her cloven hooves. Oh, mm. yeah, that, that makes sense. <laughs> Flying kick. A third Typhling runs forward. Oh, gosh. Closes on Vittoria. Uh-oh. Uh, pulls her dagger, although she's going to need to stop there. At which point, a fourth Typhling oh, runs forward. No. Oh, boy. You just attacked the headquarters of the Red Jills. <laughs> and we may have done it in such a way that we couldn't have gotten these guys first. <laughs> well, you know. Well, some of us uh, like moves to forward live on and mode. pulls her dagger, although that ends her turn. Bringing us to top of round two, Cesare Nightbloom. We made noise on the other end, though. They might have come. Uh, she might have just come from us from there. We're uh, going maybe. to have to end this quickly. She's flying out above the temple district in the middle of the day, casting spells. The priest of Asmodeus are going to take notice of this. Mm -hmm. No so arguments here. To do. So Cesare is going to cast Magic Missile at the Strix, and he's going to use all three of his actions to uh, get three bolts. Solid. Okay. So I do 13 points of damage. All right. Nice. So you chant and tone Very a trio nice. of shards streaks across the distance, swirls around Vittoria and Lucia before closing the distance and slicing into your foe. Unerringly. Mm-hmm. As Scarplume screeches in pain, turning around, her eyes blazing. From Cesare, we go to Adria. All right. Um, Adria. We're standing on a platform. She's flying uh, currently 25 feet beyond the edge of the building. There are four Typhlings closing on your right-hand side as they're beginning to slide down the side of the, uh, the walkway. There are a lot of them. Adria is going to move, kind of crossing behind Vittoria. We'll see if they take a swipe at me or not. They do not. So Adria will actually move all the way to the edge of the building, which she doesn't love, okay. and then cast Tempest Surge. I need a reflex save from the Strix. Very well. Scar Plume, I'm, as I'm assuming, is who the she is. The plume makes so much sense now. She is Scar Plume. She gets a 14. She does fail. Hey! Uh, right. So she's going to go ahead and take herself eight electric damage. She's going to be clumsy two Ow. for a round, and she has persistent Whoa. electricity damage one. Oh, nice. wow. That Dang. is a spell. It's my focus point spell. Yeah. One of them. Nice. A painful hit from... Is that the end of your turn? Uh, you know, yeah. I think that's, a, I think that's all of my actions. Um... From there, we go to Niccolo. 
you know, blast of lightning streaming out, answered by the uh, the thunderous clap of the storm overhead. Mm, just the perfect right. weather. <laughs> All right, you two take care of her. We're going to keep them off of you. Nicola then moves past Lucia, 20 feet to stand okay. next to one of the tieflings that's coming up the southern area. But Nicola will attempt to trip the one in front of Vittoria with an athletics check. All right. I roll an 11 for a 20 against the reflex DC. So you rush forward, uh, lash out with a foot straight at the leg of the one that ran up first, uh, intent on punching Vittoria in the face. Uh, or actually, no, this is one that pulled a dagger, intent on stabbing Vittoria in the face. Mm. Your leg connects right with the back of her knee as you shoot her knee out from under her other oh! hoof, scabbering before she slams down onto her back. All right. Letting this we'll do this by the numbers. Air out. And, uh, what numbers are those? I don't know. I just heard somebody say it once. Uh, I will then try to. <laughs> I will then try to uh, strike with the sap um, cool. with my last action, which will take a right. multiple attack penalty. But uh, well, no, that's all right. I rolled a three for a six. I doubt that will hit, even with her being flat-footed. Unfortunately, no, that will not strike your target. Yeah, I didn't think so. Roll the three. So you bring, right. try to bring your sap around before you know, she turns half rolling out of the way. You manage to clip her shoulder, but yeah. she's still struggling to get back up to her feet. All right. That is my turn. Very well. From there, we go to Lucia. All right. Lucia is going to uh, show her gains from her retraining and power attack the one that is now prone. All right. All right. So let's get that going. You grab right. your whip with both hands, swing it down. <laughs> it's like those ropes that you do at the gym, those big exactly. heavy ropes. Exactly. Yes. There's been a lot of that happening. So I roll a, I roll a 10 for a 21. All right. 21 will strike your prone opponent. Hey. You go, girl. All right. So that is uh, six points of uh, damage. Uh, six not points. Nice. A solid hit as you crack down on her. I will then take a five-foot step uh, to stand behind Nicolo. Um, okay. Which will give me some more targets to hit once that one goes down. From Lucia, we go to Vittoria. So, is this tiefling still awake? Uh, still awake, yes. Okay. Probably not for very long. <laughs> badly, <laughs> badly injured, but still conscious as the whip cracks into her. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and try to just knock her out fully. I shall strike with my sap using my device a stratagem, even though they're prone and this feels a little mean at this point, but we're We're in combat. All's fair in love and war. Alright, so that gives me a 24. A 24 will critically strike your prone opponent as you bring your sap around and lash out at him. Oh. Well, I mean, it would have been probably really nice if I hadn't rolled double ones. (laughs) Hey guys! It's it's still critical, so it's four points of damage. That's true. Yeah. Precision damage now doubles on a critical hit, so. Boom, boom. <laughs> Knocking right, him well, unconscious as you crack into the side of his skull, and he falls still. She falls oh. still, I apologize. As you crack into the side of her skull, and she falls still. Oh. Excellent. Good shots. Uh, for Victoria's final action, she shall move up uh, and kind of, like, block off the tower edge. <laughs> Form okay. the line. We've also formed a line, Cesare, but not a good line. Oh no! Yeah, it's the oh, lightning bolt line. line. <laughs> lightning bolt line. I really hope she doesn't have lightning bolts. Yeah, that would be unfortunate well, for all of us. We're gonna find out. <laughs> all right. So from Victoria, we go to the next red Jill. 
She will. Mm, tough choices. Come on, I'm standing right here. Come at me, bro. So yeah, she's got to go ahead and try to tumble through. This is against Vittoria's reflex DC. <laughs> That'd be a 25? Oh, dear God. Um, wow. Yeah? <laughs> oh, no. I don't think a tumble through uh, makes you immune to attacks of opportunity anymore, though. So we'll provoke an attack of opportunity as she closes on Lucia. All right, here we go. Wow. Wow, okay, that's a 14 for a 25. Ow. A 25 <laughs> will strike your target. Hey. Thank wow. Michael. No. Oh. This one's standing up. This one's this one's on their feet, so there's a marked difference. Lame. Uh, okay, so that is three points of non-lethal damage. Still, you manage to crack her as she rushes past, tumbles through, reaches the far side, and we'll go ahead and, uh, you know what? They're trained to work together. Oh no. And we'll use two actions to ready. Oh yep. nuts. They're about to flank my butt. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yeah. From that red jill, we go to Scarplume. Okay. Whips out that lightning bolt. That would suck. A mm, couple different options. And so let's say at this point, I don't even see her anymore. Yeah, I don't see her either. Well, she's still there, I promise. Oh, yeah, yeah. no, I'm sure she is. It's just <laughs> one of those, like, I'm just going to get blasted by something I don't even know is coming. She extends a hand. Adria. Uh, directly underneath you, you feel this blast of heat before this rolling sphere of fire explodes oh, up from Whoa. beneath your feet. All right, it's not poison, so I don't get resistance. Oh, not a great save. 14. I'm going to mm. be burned. It's fine. Yep. Uh-oh. Crispy. The flames burn up through your heels, stealing six points of fire damage as ah. you feel the fire crawling up across your leg. Mm. Yikes. Okay, that was Maybe. some actions. Now she's going to do some stuff. At which point she begins to circle the tower. You can't fly, right, uh, Cesare? No, that is not something I'm capable of doing. Yeah, me either. Not yet. <laughs> not with that Raven attitude. snaps her paw. <laughs> <laughs> Way to look on the bright side, Raven. <laughs> Remember, she has that I, Yeah, I have opposing oh, yeah. thumbs because of my magic. <laughs> she's one of those Hemingway cats that has like six digits or whatever. Yes. <laughs> one of those uh, Grosset cats. Oh, yes. Uh, Throwback to AD&D. Very nice. Yep. From Scarplume, who uh, flies moving off, we'll need to use a sustain action on the next turn. Sustaining. Yeah, that stupid fireball. Yep. We're going to go to another one of the Red Jills, Mm. who moves forward. Yep. Hefting her dagger as she circles around uh, opposite Vittoria, at which point the readied action goes off as the uh, other Red Jill attempts to stab the now flat-footed. Go ahead and give you that. That's not what I needed. Stab. There we go. Stab at the now flat-footed Vittoria. That is still only an 11 to hit you. That will not. All right. (laughs) Well, that was worth a shot. Uh, The other one will also attempt to stab you, though. Yeah, makes sense. I mean, yeah. That's better. Uh, That is a 16 against AC minus 2. It's on the nose, 16. Oh, uh, nuts. Because I have an 18. Victoria takes five points of damage from the sneak attack. Ow. Oof. And has it in her, so um, she'll go ahead and sneak attack again. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Oh. 18. Yeah, that hits. Oh. Ugh. This is bad. Stabbing for another four points of damage against Victoria. Yikes. From 
There we go to the other Red Jill, which will take the step action, sliding in across from Niccolo and stepping oh, in. Oh, come on. Ah, come on. It's like a good game of checkers. And we'll go ahead and strike. Uh, I always prefer nervous. rock, paper, scissors. However, that is only an 11. An 11 will not hit me even flat-footed. Yeah, let's go for broke. Try again. <laughs> yep. Apparently they're reticent to stab a fellow tiefling. <laughs> you know, we have employment opportunities, she says as she's thrust her dagger at you. I've already got the job. <laughs> I got other people's jobs. I know, he's like, I got a job. Getting other people's jobs, like you. <laughs> You're ready for legitimate work, though. I could find something for you. How do you feel about salt? <laughs> From <laughs> I don't know. Not I good. like it. It's on my food. <laughs> From there, we go to Cesare Nightbloom. All right, Cesare is going to stride to the other side of the tower, the way the Strix was starting to circle around. Okay. And see if he can see her. So off to the northish. Yes. All right. He can't see her. And you can only ready a single action, so you can't ready to cast a spell. Like you're ready to cast a single action magic missile. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, instead, I'm going to turn around and cast uh, Electric Arc on the two that are flanking uh, Vittoria. Nice. Um, so they will need to make uh, reflex saves, please. Or sorry, looking at a 23 and a 12. The 23 passes, the 12 does not. And right. I do seven points of damage. So, Cesare, you extend a hand, a bolt of electricity streams between the two of them, uh, severely burning the one in front of Vittoria. The one behind it blasts a hole oh, clear through her chest as there is an explosion of blood before she falls still. Cesare turns his attention back out outside the bell tower. <laughs> I, I like that he just like blasts <laughs> off that spell and then just starts looking out like <laughs> contemplatively like, Well, it's more time. one of those, where is this freaking Strix? And that's the end of Cesare's turn. Well, this fireball's still here. <laughs> From there we go to Adria. Um, okay, uh, how injured does homegirl look? Uh, Victoria. <laughs> homegirl. Home girl. I mean, I've got 17 hit points. So I'm not terrible. Okay. All right, um, then Adria is going to join her good friend Cesare. Uh, look out, see nothing. Uh, free action, drop her dagger, pull her hand crossbow and load it. Let's hope she uh, shows a face again, huh? She's, if we can't see her, I would assume that she can't see us. From Adria, we go to Niccolo. Sorry it came to that. Niccolo then strides out and around, uh, flanking All the right. red Jill in front of Vittoria. And I will go ah, in and try to... Ah, how the tables have turned. Yes. And then I will try to strike the red Jill with a flank, <laughs> rolling an 18 for a 25. <laughs> Ooh. 25 will critical as you spring oh, back around before lashing out him. with your oh, oh, oh. oh dear. Oh no. dear. Oh no. Oh no. Dang. <laughs> so, uh, so I rolled a five and a six. So that would be 14 okay. damage normally. On a critical, it becomes 28. <laughs> Points Ouch. of non-lethal damage. Wow. Knocked out. Still somehow non-lethal as you leap to the fore, <laughs> spring past her as she looks back up towards you before you crack her with enough force that you can literally, over the sound of the rain, hear the sound of five of her teeth striking 
the roof before rolling off into the gutter oh. as she spins and collapses. So that's Batman non-lethal right there. Batman non-lethal. Yeah. You can survive without your teeth. <laughs> you may not love it. I was going to say, they may be wiring that jaw shut. Good gracious. I'll have to get Magic. her dentures later. Nicolo takes a step over to the last one. There's services so, for that. <laughs> I just feel bad okay. about that, but uh, let's finish this, so, eh? All right. Since it's the first time that this has cropped up with uh, with one of y'all, I will need Nicolo to make me an acrobatics check. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. On wet roof. Oh, to balance. You're on the <laughs> wet slope of the roof. Ah, well, I rolled a 13 for an 18. I don't know if that's good or not. Yep, despite the uh, the rain and everything else, you just plant your feet, stride your way over, slipping and sliding. Noting that this seems to be far easier for these typhlings with their goatish cloven hooves clinging to the uh, the roofs like mountain mm. goats. Well, I didn't get lucky enough for that sort of tiefling ability. <laughs> I just got this awesome tail. It does yeah. tail things, I guess. <laughs> Which is pretty cool. I like my tail. Do you want to go ahead and end your turn? Oh, sorry. Lucia Serini. Alrighty, well, there's a lot less enemies on the field, and my plan to save Vittoria and Nicola was, well, incinerated. Slightly. Turns out they saved themselves. <laughs> well, yeah, because Cesare also killed one of them, so there's that. I was planning on um, stepping into a flank, and then I went, oh. That's what I was thinking. I was like, I'm going to step into the flank. It's going to be really cool. We'll have a flank. Cha-cha. Uh, uh, cha What? Cha-cha. I'm trying to say. A flank friend? Cha-cha-cha-cha-cha. Whatever that, those things are. Conga yes. line. There we go. Um, anyway, uh, so is uh, the, this last guy getting cover from me? Because there's a little bit of that uh, wall in his square. Some cover. Okay, let's make that go away. Uh, so five foot step up next to her. Um, I am still on the, uh, I guess, the dry area. So I'm not on the roof. Um, and then I'm going to power attack. Very well. So you step forward, heft your whip, lash out. That's okay, a good roll. Okay, that is a 17 for a 28. Wow. A 28 will critical your target as you oh, step four. yes. Critical <laughs> power attack. Fighter is your class, man. I know. I am down. <laughs> this is criticals going everywhere. Wow. Here. I yeah, know, seriously. right? All right. That is a grand total of 16 points of damage. Ow. That will Ow. render her unconscious as she <laughs> you crack her in the face with a whip. There's a pop sound that comes from basically her eye as you slam it oh. into her face before oh. she collapses. Still technically non-lethal. Pretty yeah, and you non can survive rules. with one eye. Yeah, you but can it's survive gross. with one eye. Ah, uh, no. Imagine Lucia does that and it's just like, ew. Well, uh, stay alive. They, uh, they're still this other one. Vittoria Scordato. I figure Vittoria calls out, um, this is not worth it. Come down and we can talk this through. In Strix, and then I will uh, battle medicine and try to get some of my <laughs> points back. This isn't worth it, you say, as you're pulling out your bag, starting to wrap up your arm. There's like, you surrender, right? Patting yourself down with all the gauze. A fast band-aid, I think. I rolled a 12 and got a 19 on my medicine check. Okay. Okay, okay. so I got quite a good deal back. That is 15 points of Healy. Uh, yeah, that's a really good roll. Um, wow, nice I'm one. Just, I'm just pulling a Joel from, you know, Last of Us. Yeah, just wrapping it up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I somehow nice. removed a bullet from my arm and that fixed my shoulder. But I was going to say, yeah. you're doing the Far Cry thing where they like pull yeah. like something out of their arm and it's like, I'm magically healed. Why do they keep shooting me in this exact same spot? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I will do one more thing. I will uh, uh, pull out my crossbow. Okay. And load it. All right. So those will be your last two actions. That brings us to Scarplume. So Scarplume will go ahead and fly out 
so that she can see the group. She'll use a second action to sustain her spell, which also, it. since it is a flaming sphere, lets her move it to the square within range. So uh, we'll go ahead and throw that at Cesare. So very, very rude. So I'll need you to go ahead and make the save. I roll a 10 for a 16. A 16 will not succeed. Ooh, her uh -oh. stupid saves being good. As it rolls over Cesare, whoo, for 11 points of fire damage oh! as Cesare just kind of blasts those people, turns back, Caesar starts to raise his hand, and then this globe of fire slams into his back as Raven screams, takes off her little cloak and starts beating it against Cesare's back to try to yeah, put him out. Yeah, because oh. I'm sure Cesare is makes a very uncomfortable <laughs> screaming noise. You're okay, you're okay, you're okay, you're okay. How how not okay are you? I'm at seven hit points, not okay. Oh, oh, All right, I got you, bad, I got you, okay. honey. Just, yeah. just kill, that, kill that beast. Well, I'm, she's not a beast. She's probably a nice lady or something, but she's bad. And she'll use her last action. I hate her so she much. She cast a healing spell on herself. Oh, dang it. I'm guessing she's a druid. I don't know what flaming spheres on the uh, divine list too, but she could be a sorcerer. That's true. She could also be a sorcerer. All sorts of things. From Scarplume, Cesare, you're slightly on fire. Raven, I'm going to need to borrow some of your power, please. Okay. She then leans forward and headbutts you. Oh. It's There's a little spark time. of energy that transfers between I the two I use my drain uh, familiar ability to get back a spell that I've cast today to get back magic missile. That's Ooh, I feel a so drained. free action. <laughs> And then Cesare will use all three of his actions to uh, cast a magic missile. For all right. And a trio I of magical only shards. do seven points of damage. Ooh. Mm. Still, a trio of magical shards unerringly strikes your target. So they slice into Scarplume. She screams in pain. We need to kill her quickly, please. Bringing us to Adria. All right. Step one, Adria is going to fire her crossbow at the lady because she's all the way over there. That's one action. All right, step one, since she is still flying, you know, 15 feet out from you. Oh, it couldn't have been a 20. That would have been so good. Uh, I only roll an eight for a 14. A 14 will not strike your target. Well, you know what? You're real rude, lady. Uh, I'm going to two action heal my good friend, Cesare. All right. Uh, so Cesare is going to get... Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Cesare is going to get <laughs> minimum damage for nine. Nine healing. Oh, hey, no healing. good thing it was two actions at least. Well, yeah, she true. used one action to shoot her, so... <laughs> Well, yeah, Thank I mean, the two-action heal because it got the extra plus eight. Otherwise, it would have, yeah, have been just one. <laughs> yeah, otherwise it would have been one hit point, which is like, oh, well. Our Cesare turns to Adria. Thank you. Sure. Raven finishes putting out Cesare's back. Hedman's going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> Why would Hedman care? Oh, he just made this outfit. Uh, from mm. Sounds like more business <laughs> to me. Does Adria want to end her turn? Oh, yeah, I guess that is all I have. Oh, can I have a fourth action? If I say no. no. <laughs> please, please. Let me take free action, but only to jump off this building. <laughs> well, I mean, it's an extra action, though, so. Uh, <laughs> ah, loophole. Nicolo. <laughs> all right. She's over here. Not so much for it, then. Nicolo strides. Jumps back. off and grabs her. No, we're, like we're like four five stories up in the air. And it's she's true. like 10 feet out from... Uh, well, the top of the, the tower edge. is actually only 20 feet up. Yeah, that's but... still, like, that's some pain. 
It's still Technically speaking, I start falling before I actually get a chance to grab her anyway, so... It's true, yeah. You're not a shark with the breach special ability. Yeah, or another feat that specifically says I can do it as part of a jump, but I don't have anything like that. You mean you don't Um, have, uh, I'm gonna ride you to the ground feat? (laughs) That's too long, probably, word count. Nicolo strides to the middle of the tower, drops his sap, pulls out a smokestick cracks it um so that is three actions and there is now a a five foot radius plume of smoke around me Hmm. technically i can put on a corner of my square so i'll do the very central corner adrian just looks back at the smoke okay i have a plan i believe you i hope it works I am currently concealed in the smoke, so just so you're aware. There's a plume of smoke that conceals Niccolo, bringing us to Lucia. All right, Lucia spins around, drops her whip, Kay. pulls out her hand crossbow, yeah, nice. loads Kay. it, Kay. looks at Niccolo a little perturbed as, as her target is now concealed. Go get in the smoke. And gets in the smoke, I guess. I'll pop out later. <laughs> <laughs> I, I stride into the smoke um, right behind Adria <laughs> because I can't fire now. I mean, you can. It's just a DC5 flat check to see if you miss or not. Uh, you know what? That's a good point. It's a DC5. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for it. She drops her whip, loads, turns around, grabs her crossbow, loads it real quick, and uh, fires it. And let me do a flat check real quick to see if I uh, just straight miss. So I roll a 16 on the flat check, so I will get through the mischance. Very well. So Lucia drops her whip, pulls her crossbow, loads it, hefts it. Niccolo drops a smokestick and goes, don't worry, I have a plan. As a bolt streams past his head, right past Adria over Cesare's shoulder. Okay. (laughs) Don't worry, I've been practicing. And let's see if it hits. To 11 for a 21. And surprisingly, it hits her target (laughs) as it streams across the distance. There's just an itty bitty bit of the swashbuckler left in her. (laughs) Oh, for six points of damage. Wow. Oh, hey, that's a good roll. Solid hit. damage. Yes. Uh, fighters are very Woo. good at low levels, for sure. Oh, for sure, my gosh. Sure. I like fighters a lot. That was amazing. I can't believe I pulled all that off. It was like, poof, through the fog. She was not expecting it. Vittoria. So, uh, Vittoria is going to kind of zigzag uh, around the uh, stairway that's coming up to get uh, diagonal from Adria. And then she shall shoot with her crossbow. Shoot her. You know what? Since I've already got it loaded, I'll go ahead and devise a stratagem as well. Mm. And, nice. Uh, and shoot. I will shoot her. <laughs> oh, should I hero point that? <laughs> you do have one. Um, and then devise a stratagem is a fortune effect, which means you can't use another fortune effect, which is what a uh, hero point is. Ah, uh, bummer. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, unfortunately, nuts. I rolled a four and only got a 12. Okay, well, I mean, you can choose not to shoot and use your action for something else. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I am not going to shoot since my devising a stratagem has shown me that I cannot make that shot. Um, you can step into the smoke. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Just to be safe, I am going to step into the smoke because I don't know what this lady's going to do. <laughs> All right. So far, she's been setting people on fire and healing herself. Yeah, she's not very good. We don't love her. And she was rude and didn't even answer me. Yeah. Nope. She doesn't appreciate all the hard work you did learning her language. That brings us to Scarplume, who uses one action to sustain her spell. Mm. And go ahead and launch that at Cesare again. Rude. 
Mm. Oh, well, that's how oh, I roll hey. 19 for a 25. Ah. Nice. <laughs> nice. Chesare, you manage to spring out of the way as the sphere goes flying back towards you. She will then Yay. beat her wings to maintain her flight, uh, reach forward, cup her hands, link her thumbs together, and a sheet of fire mm. burns from her fingertips, blasting across Adria and Chesare. Ooh. So I'll need a reflex save. Not a great day for. Not a great reflex mm. day for, for Adria. She uh, crit We've definitely fails got that. the theme for this lady is fire. Oh no. Five for an eleven. Uh, Chesare rolled a eight for a fourteen. Ooh. Ooh. Fourteen is a failure. Eleven is a critical failure. Yeah. Oh. So for four points of damage to Chesare and eight points of damage to Adria as the flames wash over the two of you. Adria's not really a fire person. You're more of an electricity person. Mm. Bring us to Chesare. All right, so we wanna we wanna play that game, do we? Um, <laughs> burning hands. <laughs> yeah, burning hands. <laughs> All right, that'll work. Get her right back. Hope she doesn't uh, have fire resistance. Cesare's save DC is eighteen. All right. So I roll eight damage. That would be an eight, which I believe would be a critical, critical failure. Critical failure. Oh, so geez. she takes sixteen <laughs> points of fire Take damage. That. All right. My so turn. the flames. The flames wash over Cesare as he stumbles back, probably just grabs, like, scruffs Raven and throws her under his coat to protect her <laughs> as there's a yowl before, you know, letting her go, turning back around, cupping both his hands. A blaze of fire consumes her as she screeches, beats her wings, although so many of her feathers evaporate under the blast of heat as she plummets down into a wetting, painful crack in the street below. There's a dramatic flash of lightning and crack of thunder, as I suppose Cesare just kind of leans down, looks over the side. And we'll pick it up here next time. Oh, God. I don't know Cesare was just like, no, you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. Oh, God, I'm so singed. Oh, my. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Hell's Rebels is copyright 2015. Hell's Rebels and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission. Find the Path Ventures have converted Hell's Rebels from Pathfinder to Pathfinder 2nd Edition. Conversion notes are available to our Patreon backers at patreon.com backslash findthepath. <laughs>